Sydney's number one podcast, West Underground. Hello and welcome to another episode of West Underground. Today we have Chloe Kay. She is joining us. She's here with us in the studio looking fabulous. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she is dressed very, very well, isn't she? Yeah, we're just talking off, we, off air because I want to get a pair of flares and um, yeah, we just... We don't look great at all, so we could do with flares. Yeah, 100%. specifically. Yeah. Chloe Kay and the Crusade, mm-hmm. you are taking this world by storm at the minute. Thank you. I came across you. I was just on Instagram and then I kept seeing like live footage of you singing at different festivals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, my guitarist, Rowan, was like, we need to play a gig with this band. So uh, what I'm doing right now is I'm using this to do that. So Jack's, oh, Jack's using this podcast to network. Yeah, I am. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, <laughs> we've got some fun gigs and festivals booked and definitely always looking for open comers. Well, yeah, no, thank you for coming in. Thank you for coming all this way. It's quite far. For you. You're a you're a Western Sydney girl, yeah, aren't Western you? Yeah, Western Sydney woman, but always happy to, you know, be a part of anything in any part of Western Sydney, even though it's... Is this Western Sydney? This is Southwest. Right, it's still yeah. Southwest. Yeah. So shall we be Southwest Underground? Well, originally that was the thing, right? It was like, you know, could we call it Southwest Underground? And I it's would too, say it out loud, wordy. it's too wordy too and it wordy. sounds dumb. Yeah. So I was just like, let's just drop And you limit yourself. Seven. It's yeah. just West. It covers a wide range. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like we are put into the like the Western Sydney thing anyway. Like, you know, we're not... I've West- said it since I got to Australia. I feel like a Western Sydney boy, even yeah. though I live in the inner West. Yeah. It feels that way. But yeah, yeah, it is like kind of the more pretentious side of Western Sydney in a sense. It's like it's Big Brother. Big Brother? <laughs> it's more well-received out there. But if you say, oh, I'm from out where I'm from, people like... Oh. I it's feel, not considered trendy. That's the difference. Mm, yeah. Mm. What's I feel the, like we're on par here because I don't yeah. think Bankstown's very trendy. That's no, the, people kind of look down on it. Yeah. But right. we still love yeah. you, Bankstown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> From the area. From the area. From the area. <laughs> so, Chloe, can you tell us about your introduction to music? Um. So, I was just really raised on like a lot of Marvin Gaye mm. and a lot of... Mm. Um, my dad would always play, like, I heard it through the grapevine in the car, and that's what made me want to sing because I used to try and just sound yeah. like Marvin Gaye when I got home when I was six years old. And then, yeah, I don't know, like, listen to a lot of Motown and, like, Bob Dylan and all of that stuff. Never listened to the blues. Like, my family weren't into the blues per mm. se, but, like, my mum is obsessed with Free and Bad Company, like, Paul nice. Rogers. Like, she yeah. has, like, a whole shrine to them in her house. Um, and she has, like, a Free tattoo. She just loves Paul Rogers. And yeah. so... That obviously is very blues inspired, but I just, yeah, just like loved soulful music from when I was young and that just made me want to want to sing like them. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And then how, like, when did you know you could sing, right? Like, Well, I don't even know. I think I just loved singing because like, I also loved Australian Idol when I was a yeah. kid. Like I was obsessed with it, which I feel okay. like a lot of 
Yeah. A lot of people wouldn't admit, but I'm I'm gonna admit it. I my first ever crush was Shannon Noel, actually. So there you go. <laughs> Nolsey. On the record, honey, Shannon Noel. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I don't know, I wasn't necessarily good. I just taught myself and I, I didn't even do lessons. I was just like, I'm just gonna keep singing and then I don't know, I guess when I was in like late primary school, people like started to receive it well and would like make me sing in front of everyone. So I was like, I'll just keep doing it. Was you like in assembly singing? Did yeah, they, they would make me do that really? sometimes. Yeah. yeah, and like yeah. they'd get me up in front of the classes to sing, and everyone would be like, "Can you sign a, my like sign an autograph? You're going to be famous." <laughs> in my weekly planner. Can yeah, you just and that was the squiggle? only time that I felt popular because I was always like an in between on, like yeah. I never, yeah, and I always felt so out of place. But I was like, well, I guess you know, if I keep singing, <laughs> that's my thing, that's my purpose. So, yeah, I don't know. I think if you work hard at anything, even though I, I've never been trained properly, I think if you like practice yourself and you like sing every day or you do something every day I think it's also luck that I do have like obviously I had the bass for like a good voice but mm. I think yeah I just I loved it enough I yeah it. I think that because I like singing the news I was never taught I did like one lesson but I think when you know when you hear like classically trained singers mm -hmm. right it takes like you, you listen to it and you go oh wow that's amazing but you don't hear any soul yes in, I always in say voices that. and yeah. I think like like you are a good singer, but I mean, like, the best... Like, Bob Dylan has not got a great voice, mm -hmm. yeah. but when he tells you a story, same way, like, Johnny Cash, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter, Yeah, you know? Exactly. Even Van Morrison, like, they all have very unique, like, mm. not... To, even John Mayer, to be honest, like, when you listen to those voices, it's not like, oh, wow, like, their voices are incredible, but they're, like, got such a unique thing, and, like, they have so much soul, and they mm. emanate that passion. Yeah. Like, it's believable. And yeah. I was just talking about this with my friend Jimmy in the car, because he's a musician, and, like... We were saying how so many musicians, like, they can be technically great, but you don't believe them. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. it's not believable. So, like, yeah. for me, and I think it's, there's value in knowing how to sing safely. And I think, like, there's so many great singers who stuff up their voices because they don't know. Like, for example, like, Alan Stone sometimes, like, he'll go so red when he's singing. And I'm like, is he, yeah. is that safe? Like, mm. I don't know. Like, is he straining? <laughs> like, I think there's, like, a good balance you've got to find. And maybe Alan Stone is does know how to sing safely. I'm sure he does, but like, it just doesn't look that way sometimes. Feels like an yeah. attack. Yeah. does feel like an I attack. I know, I know. I'm sorry, Alan. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Not that he's ever going to see this. Learn to do it properly, Al. <laughs> Learn to do it properly. Imagine he comes across this. Oh my God. He commented on my post the other day too. So yeah. yeah he did this competition where you could like yeah, try to right. sing with him and then he commented on their nice. I saw that. Yeah. He actually sung to me on Valentine's Day once. I interviewed him and I was yeah. on the phone to him and he was in some Starbucks or something yeah. in the States or wherever he was. And I was sitting in a Starbucks and then he was just like, he just knows he's good. You know, he knows he's what impressive. What did he sing? And he sung to me, um, Al Green, Let's Stay Together. <laughs> and I have a recording and I'm like, you're trying to kill a woman over here, Al. And he's like, oh. <laughs> It was so awkward and there was like this awkward silence and he's like, anyway. <laughs> I'm just so brash. Like, I'm quite jealous of that, to be honest. No, actually it was amazing. I yeah. love Alan Stone. Incredible, incredible tone. I don't know if he's a trained singer, but the point I'm making is it doesn't really matter as long as you're doing it safely. Like yeah. if you have feeling, that's what matters. Mm. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. Like there's so many people that, I, I, and then this is maybe a comment on your character too. Like, I feel like you're very authentic. Oh, thank you. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. your your whole your whole vibe and your whole Instagram is like a montage of you doing you know you you doing blues and like and and um or and also I feel like that's very very brave in a way because like there's so many people doing other things and people trying to be like other people but you're like nah I'm doing it my way my way yeah, or the highway. Yeah, it's so true. I don't have it in me to like be yeah. to do something else. Like I was saying this to my friend today. Like I just don't have it in me to 
even though it's like, I think there's actually pros and cons to doing something that's quite niche. Like obviously the con is like, for example, we just got booked for Woodford Folk Festival and a lot of my friends got knocked back, but we're playing the blue stage. So I think because I'm probably the youngest woman in the country doing mm. something like that, there's cons like we get booked for things that a lot of people get knocked back for because they need people that fall into that niche and I guess, you know, but then also the con is, yeah, like it's not going to be as accepted in the mainstream and like it's, it limits yeah. you a bit. How, how often do you get, oh, you like Janice Joplin? I love Janice Joplin, of course. Yeah, do you yeah. get that a lot? No, because no. I don't have the rasp. You know? mm, yeah, it's more yeah. I get like ever since we released "Broken Woman" the other week, I've been getting a lot great of Beyonce, song, by the way. and I'm, oh, thank it's you, great song. Um, I think people just associate like a more ballady type with like Beyonce and stuff. They mm. hear a so soulful voice, you know. Um, yeah, Beyonce, wow. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, that's yeah. not where my mind would go personally. <laughs> but I don't, I don't get Queen B, eh? I know Queen B. I mean, listen, it's an absolute compliment. Like I'll take it, but. Yeah, I think, no, don't get, mostly for how I dress. People will yeah. be like, oh, that's a very Janice Joplin outfit or whatever. Yeah, I, I would say the same thing. I you get Bonnie have... Raid and Susan Tedeschi a lot, but they're my biggest influences. Yeah. Mm. Um, like I get, actually, and Joss Stone as well. Like all those kind of white women singing the blues, but they're my queens, so, you know. Yeah. I can't hear Joss Stone in your voice. Mm. I can't hear that. But yeah. that, I mean, look, it's it's good when people compare you to yeah. someone and it's, mm. You go, oh, well, they've made a lot of money out of this, so that's yeah, nice. Exactly, <laughs> you know? I know, yeah. And like, I look up to those people. So. Yeah, we get we get stupid ones like the Wayne's World of podcasting. You know oh what my I mean? god, yes. I, and I like it, but at the same time, I'm like, mm. who's gonna dance to Foxy Lady? Pardon? Who's That'd gonna be dance a, to Foxy Lady? Foxy lady. Yeah. yeah, we should do that for Halloween. Yo, yeah, we should. We've got it. You need to do the whole, like, you should actually just recreate that scene, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I can't listen to that song ever again the same. I know, they've kind of, they kind of ruined it. Like, I love that song, and then now I just, I just see them in my mind. Yeah, no, same. Yeah. It's not really Foxy anymore. Yeah. With my band, The Home, we used to do that song, and I used to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I just wanted to say, too, like, I found out about you when I was, when I had, like, a little stint in radio. Like, you sent me your stuff, and I, like, Mm. I listened to it, and I was like, Wow. This Aww. this is like refreshing because I I played guitar I love guitar music and I suppose if you yep. get into guitar music it will take you straight back to the blues and it was just like refreshing to hear somebody just doing that you know and um but then like you just mentioned the Beyonce thing and it's like I wouldn't you I, if you ask me like who you sound like I would say no one I think you're in the lane of your own really oh, thank you yeah. yeah and I feel like for me the best guitarists as well are in it like everyone takes inspiration from people and it's always going to be that there like that element but even when it comes to guitar players like when you hear a guitarist and it's like that just sounds like them mm. like that's and same with I guess singers like if you're doing something and it sounds like you you know you can hear the influences but like you have your own thing I think that's always better mm. um, but I think that's why I'm glad I I started my own band a little bit later after so many years of music journalism because I think like I came into my own a bit more and yeah. I was more like sure of who I was and who I am as a woman and like as a musician and um, like I wouldn't even I was afraid to sing in front of people like my friend Jimmy and I were like having a jam last night and we were like hold on the last time we hung out five years ago like I literally he couldn't get me to sing mm. wow. even though I, and he's like oh I knew you were a good singer but you wouldn't I wouldn't sing in front of him yeah. which is so bizarre to me. I'm like, now I'll literally sing in front of anyone. Like, <laughs> I love it. It's my thing. But I, w- I hadn't come into that confidence yeah. yet fully. So, yeah, I don't know. That's a strange thing, the singing, mm-hmm. singing what you were talking about there in front of people. Like, if I'm on a stage with a microphone, I'm okay with it. Yeah. But if I didn't have a microphone, I'd feel... 
It is more nerve wracking. Yeah, I it is. literally in front on a mic on yeah. stage you, that adrenaline hits you and it's like this you get the feeling from the band and mm. from like I don't know they're just adrenaline. It's a different feeling. It's like that's my church on stage. I yeah. love it. It's like uh, where I feel at home. But yeah, it is definitely more all eyes on you when it's like an intimate setting and people mm. are like just sing. Like my mates would be like just sing at the pub when they oh she can sing and they'll be like sing and I'll be like oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can you sing for me, please? And I don't drink, so I'll be stone cold sober, just like singing some song. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't drink at all. No. Do you drink tea or coffee? All dog in life. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Fair play. Uh, have you always not drank, or was it? Oh, a bit. You know, when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah. But you're just like, nah, this is not for me. Yeah, it's not yeah. for me. I yeah. actually just feel like I'm a very like I'm always the first one on the dance floor. I'm mm. always like, I, I, I seem drunk when I'm out, like just because I'll be having fun with no yeah. inhibitions. And even though I'm like stone cold sober and like a lot of people need like a drink. I think no one needs it. They just convince themselves. I can't do it without drinking. It's a confidence yeah. thing, it's isn't it? It's a confidence yeah. thing, yeah. So yeah. I, I, my, my friend, he won't mind me saying this either, Gort, cause he's in a very, very happy relationship now. But like when he was, when we were like 17, 18, he'd have to be pissed to talk to girls. Cause he just oh, couldn't. Yeah. So just many dudes couldn't, like couldn't do it. But now he's got a missus and he's all happy, I'm sure. Oh, so he doesn't sweet. need that anymore. He's coming to his confidence. Yeah, but I, I think it's just such a big part of socialising. Same with, like, the music scene, unfortunately. It's like, it's just always there. Yeah, you know, the I So it's, it's good that you've got, you know, you're in the right mindset all yeah. the time. Mm. But you know what? It can be tough for me because I feel like I... Like what I'm into, like when I'm not on stage, it's kind of weird. I'm like a contradiction because people assume when they meet me like, oh, you're like a big party girl, you're a rock and roll girl. But it's like, actually, I, yeah, like I love that kind of clothing and I love that music and I definitely like mm. have that vibe on stage. But actually when I'm not on stage, I like to go to the arcade and I like to like, play <laughs> Mario Kart and hang out with my cat. Like I'm very much not yeah. what people would expect, which can be hard for like socializing with other yeah. musicians sometimes because I'm just not really into that whole, like, I mean, I like going out and seeing bands and having a groove, don't get yeah. me wrong, but like going to the pub and just sitting at the pub, like, isn't really my thing. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's tough. Like, it's a bit, it puts you in a bit of an in-between awkward. <laughs> it's uh, it's to have that clarity all the time. That, like, there was a band who I went to watch, and they're quite a big band, and after it, like, I was quite drunk, and I was like, oh, like, get a drink, and he was like, oh, I'm sober, and I was like, oh, did not expect that. No. Yeah. I had, like, a bottle of JD on stage, but it weren't JD, and it's just like, oh, it's just like, this is my job. <laughs> yeah. Do, yeah. Do, does the bin man go to his job drunk? No, he doesn't. I'm doing my job, so. Good on him. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome, and I love seeing, like, and even, like, if you look at the 1975, like, I seeing how like much better Maddie Healy is now that he's sober. Off like, heroin. It's actually, yeah. Yeah, I mean, him off the heart. But no, it's actually such a glow up. Like I loved the 19s. My sister's the fan, but like, yeah. you know, when I was younger, she got me into like the early albums mm. and they were brilliant. And like we seen Muddy Healy at Enmore Theatre and he's got his wine bottle all pretentious, you know, but now watching him, like the music they're releasing now, like it's just so refreshing to see him like mm. yeah. sober. And I'm like, it's just, and even Stevie Ray Vaughan, like once he got sober, like, just his clarity, like performing, the music he was making. It's like really, you do see the difference. But I feel like people get caught up in this um, this whole mindset of like you have to, um, like they look at the, it's always the Beatles that get brought up. Like look at Sgt. Pepper's. Like they wouldn't have made all these albums if they hadn't have got on the drugs. They could, it like inspires. But I feel like ultimately, if you look at Frank Zappa, he was actually like a real big hard ass when it came to drug use in his band. And he was pretty much a sober man and he was like made the wackiest, weirdest, most genius mm. music ever. Mm. So I feel like 
it doesn't you don't need it i feel like people just and it's that's what a lot of guys like it does them dirty because they get too they're not rock stars and they're not jimmy page they're not robert plant and they get caught up in this lifestyle that's really detrimental to them and like I think growing up in the West, I've seen the reality of it. I'm like not looking at it through like rose colored glasses mm. of like, oh, like if I get on the drugs, like, you know, <laughs> the Beatles and like, oh, and like this and like the, whoever, the Stones, whatever, like it's going to be like this. I've seen the reality of it, you know, yeah, and what it does to yeah. people's creativity, their life, like everything. So I don't know. For me, I'm just like, I just like to approach things in my own way. Don't do drugs, kids. Don't yeah. do drugs. You can make good music without it. Look at Frank Zappa. <laughs> <laughs> he's always the one that i go to because like people don't expect that he was like i didn't know he was sober yeah he yeah. i mean i think he drank here and there but he yeah. had a really hard rule in his band like i love little feet who are kind of obscure mm. but he had lowell george in his band um who later died of like obesity and like a drug overdose but i think um but he was like on the drugs pretty heavily and zappa kicked him out he's like no nah, i want people who not yeah. to say they didn't get on the shit here and there. I know Zappa didn't, but like the others, but he definitely had a rule of like, you come in and you have clarity when you create, which mm. I think is cool. Um, mm. But yeah, I don't know. I'm what, passionate about that. What, what's your creative process like then? Um, I'm just very, I just, I'm one of those people. I just love music. Like even mm. when I'm not playing, like I know some yeah. musicians who, when they're not on stage, they don't really care that much about music. Like they'll go home and they don't really pick up their guitar. They don't listen to that much music. Mm. Like I'm in listening to music all the time. I'm so inspired yeah. by it. So like for me, I don't know. I'm just constantly like, I just take, I don't know. I just go in, in with usually a guitar player. Um, Cause I'm not good at any instrument. So for me, I like need to rely on someone. Good else. at singing yeah. though. That's a big instrument. It is. Yeah. yeah my huge. voice is my instrument. Yeah, and yeah. the good thing is a lot of guitarists can't sing that well. So then we just meet <laughs> in the middle. Yeah. Um, you know, um, yeah. yeah, so that's, I don't know, my creative process is just um, get inspired by things and then go and create with someone. Mm. And oh, I'll write myself at home a lot okay. with my guitar, but I'm very limited. I know like six chords. Yeah. So That's all right. It's mm. more than me. Yeah. Really? Yeah, no, that's You just sing? No, I can't play anything. I want to hear you sing now. It's sing quite, a song. Quite yeah. good. Adele for the boys. <laughs> that's what it's like, you know? But uh, yeah, no, I think like that, I'm very limited by that because I can't, I can mess around with the piano a little bit but yeah it is limiting hey. you're, you're limited to what you can write by yeah. what mood your guitarist is in when they put some mm. chords together it's so true i find for me like i'll usually write something with my six chords at home it's usually mm. the same old chords then i'll write some lyrics down and then i'll bring those lyrics in a book and then i'll be like show me some ideas show me some riffs whatever mm. and then like even bro and Broken Woman was different. Like the guitarist sent me a voice note of his idea and that inspired the, like them lyrics just came out. But usually like I'll have lyrics and I'll just see what it works with. And usually that's, it's pretty lucky actually. Mm. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean. Do you own a capo? Do I own one? Yeah. No. Oh, get yourself a capo and then you can literally then play all the chords. Like yeah, maybe just I should just go buy a capo and, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. I'm, I probably should. I might do that. <laughs> Give it a capo, Hamish. You know what it is? I don't, I've never been diagnosed with ADHD, but Lord knows it's quite likely I have yeah. it. And so for me, yeah. sitting down, yeah. I, you know what it is? I always want to sing instantly over it. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll learn yeah. one yeah. chord and I'll be like, I need to sing to this now. I yeah. get too excitable and I don't. Yeah. It's hard for me to like sit there and if someone's showing me, I I do i need someone to hold me accountable yeah stay undiagnosed oh yeah <laughs> stay undiagnosed. demonetized on youtube there it is hamish just got super adhd do you this is why yeah. this is such I the success I, I it is because i didn't get like diagnosed properly until i was like 19. yeah and um over like the last few few years now it's like i'm i'm like super focused like on on anything i want to do but you know i suppose that's where 
what are you playing? Are you playing the sad music? Yeah. No, no, no. It this felt is quite this, sad. This is this is like this is like happy, but I don't have. We that. haven't got a happy button. But it kills that. It kills that like that little spark that you were talking about. There. I know that's what I'm scared yeah. about because I feel, but I do feel like my day to day is quite chaotic because mm. of it. So I I think it is like I'm not big on medication. Actually, I'm very yeah. like very conscious of what I put in my body. But I think. Um, yeah, sometimes I have those days where I'm like, I can't do this. It's yeah, too chaotic. Yeah. Like the idea, but then I also get worried. Like I don't want it to kill that, that Chloe-ness like yeah, that. Because yeah. I do have that like kid energy yeah. and enthusiasm. But on the other end of the spectrum, it's very debilitating to have like a chaotic day to day, which I'm sure you understand. So hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. I met Youngblood and I was like, and he just ran around for hours and hours and hours on stage. And like, not like, I'm, I'm not exaggerating this, like fucking ran around, like yeah, whole show. I've seen some videos. It's insane. Yeah. Like it's just so physical. And afterwards, like, you know, we were like the last in the lines and stuff. And I was like, how do you do it? He's like, fucking ADHD, man, it keeps me going. I love that. And I was like, you're probably right. Like. It keeps you going. Yeah. I actually don't know if I have it, but you know, listen. Apparently, you know, you can have ADHD tendencies just from a range of other things going on in your life. So, who knows? Oh, really? Yeah, because I spoke to, like, when I had this drummer in my band, he had, like, raging ADHD. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, he said he thought I had raging ADHD. He convinced me that I had it. And so, I've, like, in the last year been saying to people, like, I, I feel like I'm, like when I talk, I have to, like, preface it with, like, oh, it's just ADHD so people aren't judging. But I'm like, why am I saying that? I actually mm, don't know. Yeah. And I brought it up because I think, like, I see a psychologist weekly. I feel like everyone should. It's so... I feel like everyone should get better insight into their minds mm, and their mm. problems. Everyone has them. Um, we do the podcast. This, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is your therapy. This is your like Dr. Phil moment. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I'll sit on the edge of that couch every week it's and he'll like, be like, what's going on with you? <laughs> and then we monetize it. Oh, that's so funny. But yeah, he said to me, you know, don't, he was like, I don't know if you have it. Like, don't let people yeah. tell it. You also just have a quirky personality and that's okay. And he's like, but there is... It could be, you know, from other things in your life yeah. that you have ADHD tendencies. And I was like, I never thought of that. What um this would be interesting. Who do you think in history had it and it was undiagnosed? Oh, I think God, lots so of people. Many. I think I think Mick I think, Jagger must have it. I think oh, James yeah. Brown had it. I think I No, think I think he was on Richard. the cocaine. Well, I think that's a that's So many a bit performers, of a, but you know what? Most performers have a range of massive issues. And so yeah. it could just be again, just the way that like trauma response to be very like ADHD yeah. energy. I it mm. might not actually have been ADHD itself. I have a feeling that a lot of a lot of like people that if you have a, that had tendencies to like abuse like stimulants medication probably yeah. had ADHD tendencies that they were trying to control or something or else. I yeah. think a lot of musicians just had mental health issues in general Trauma. because yeah, yeah you're not wrong. Deeply. Like musicians feel things very deeply. I think it's like the pro and con of being like you know, a musician mm. and a creative person, I should say, is that like we feel things um, deeply, but on the other end of the spectrum, like it creates yeah. beautiful art. So mm. sometimes some sometimes. people yeah. just make shit up, but you know. <laughs> or really, really depressing music. Yeah. Yeah, Jack's the king of that. But see, it's funny because like people think the blues Thanks, is mate. depressing. Thank but you. for me, the blues is like taking something that yeah. is a depressing yeah. theme and and giving you a sense of comfort and a sense of like therapy by like being able to relate to that for me anyway like i feel like the blues is this beautiful yeah if you look at it to its core it was slave music mm -hmm. you know exactly, it, it was yeah. it was how 
they kept morale. It was how they kept in contact. So it's a positive thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. You know, that's how I see it. Yeah. yeah. And that's what it is to me too. I agree with you. Like when people say the blues is like depressing music, I think fuck off. Like it's not depressing music. It is It is literally like having a sense of humor. Like it, it's like, where, you mm. know, like comedy in a sense. Yeah, like, laughing almost you, yeah. about your problems. Like yeah. it's the same kind of thing. It's like you're singing about them. You're creating, you're taking a bad situation and making it good. Like if yeah. you have mental health issues, you know, you're taking your problems and making good art. Like that's, the same thing yeah you know yeah I'm they with made, you. and that's like bb king he literally um was on the cotton fields and the guy that he worked for this white man he always like praised him actually he was very like one of those he was very kind about that man because he like encouraged him to go and bust mm. on the weekends and because he started you know singing on the on the cotton fields and like he was like no you should go and bust on the weekends and like yeah. you know get that music out there so it ended up being and then obviously he got picked up by the radio station they called him bb blues boy and then he yeah he became Absolute multi-millionaire. So, you know, <laughs> it all started on the cotton field. Same with, I think, Buddy Guy. So, What was Buddy Guy like to meet? Oh, sorry. That was amazing. Like, he, that was, like, one of the best nights of my life. Like, truly, that was insane. Because yeah. I, I had this friend, Chris King Robinson. He's an amazing guitar player. Um, and already I, like, was doing work backstage at Blues Fest in the media tent. And so, but my friend Chris had played with Buddy Guy at, yeah. I think, Royal Abbott Hall. Yeah. Um, and so on the same lineup. Yeah. Oh, and that's so cool, isn't it? Before we mm. before we tell the buddy guy story, did we talk about on on air like how you got into journalism? No, because I think I think if we if we go to that that part of the story first, this will make sense for everybody because oh, right. okay. some people yeah, don't yeah, think. How, what, how did you meet Buddy Guy? No, yeah, true. yeah. I just want to give the context for it. Yeah. So, I suppose how did you become like a media journalist? Um. I just really loved, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I always loved singing yeah. and I dropped out of school when I was 15 and then I went to a music tape and then I yeah. just got caught up with the boys because mm. I was like, oh my God, boys who like music. Like I grew <laughs> up in Fairfield, so yeah. Lord knows I didn't see much of that, you know? <laughs> um, and then I didn't even do the work and then I left and then I was just, and but then when I was there, I still didn't know what I wanted to do. I just liked singing and my sister was there as well. She loved singing. And then um, I met some boy there who was like, oh, I want to be a music journalist. And I always yeah. loved writing. Like I mm. loved entertainment news, like yeah. the real tacky, like celebrity news. Ever since I was a kid, obsessed yeah. with it. Yeah. And so I was like, oh my God, you can combine both those things. Like you can be a music journalist. And then, yeah, I like went, I left that, um, there was that tape, like I left that course and then I was just working for some wine company as like an admin girl. And then I was like, no, I want to go to uni. I want to be a music journalist. I want to like do yeah. all of that. Went back and did my year 12, got a 95 eights, huh? And then I went to uni and then I just, when I was at uni, just started writing like for mm. different publications, getting paid for it. And then I was very, very, I am a very ambitious person. But when I was young, it was like burning the candle at both ends. Like mm. literally I was interning, I was writing, I was every bit of free time was spent i can see you like hunter s thompson yeah. with a cigarette in your mouth no literally like <laughs> minus the you know drug addiction yeah like yeah. the chaos of mm. hunter s thompson and the enthusiasm <laughs> i loved lester bangs he was my god i mm, thought he was yeah. you know ruthless um but yeah hunter s thompson of course iconic but yeah i just um would watch Almost Famous and be like, I wish I grew up in the 70s, but that's going to be me in like, No, literally, Iggy I was so Because yeah. you watched that. I really wanted to be like the young, like a young, young. Rolling Stone writer and this and that. But mm. like, obviously at the time, that was probably like, I don't know, 2015 or something. Like things are different yeah. these days, yeah, you know. absolutely. How old but are you by? 25. 25, okay. Turned 25 this year. Yeah. March, Pisces woman. When's your birthday? March Pisces, 3rd. Yeah. Oh, nice. 15th. Oh, okay, you're Pisces boy. Yeah, it's coming up. Yeah. In six months. 
I know I feel like, oh my God, how old are you? I'll be 27. Oh, okay. Yeah. And how old are you, Hamish? I'm 23. 23? Yeah. When's your birthday? May. Taurus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All the boys in my family are Taurus men. Nice. So I know a lot about Tauruses. Mm. And a lot of, it's only Taurus and Pisces in the house. It's the two boys. <laughs> oh, wow. Tell me about Pisces. Pisces. Tell me about Pisces. What are we like? I, I don't really get into Highly all emotional. That. Yes. Yeah. Very sensitive people. Yes. Mm. Um, we are, I'm not good at looking at the camera. I've just been looking at you guys. I don't know if I should. Uh, we're very emotional. Um, we feel things very deeply. I feel like Pisces are very empathetic people we de- we definitely can tune in with other people and yeah. like we take i don't know we live in our own world i feel a lot yeah and do you, you sense that like yeah, do you get I feel that? that yeah i feel that and you throw yourself at lots of projects mm. very creative yeah. i feel like pisces are like the mother of the signs i almost feel like we're very giving kind of mothery people i feel like a mother <laughs> yeah, you kind of look a bit like one. Yeah. <laughs> In a good now, way. now, little boy, do your homework. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. I okay. couldn't see you as a soccer mum. Yeah. Yeah. I think I asked for it. I was about to say you got the thighs for it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. These, have been, I, these have been gawking at me for the last half an hour. <laughs> but I actually feel like Pisces men are really good to date because they can feel they are just more emotional and it's, mm. it's sometimes a little – if they can – know how to control it a bit better you know it's good jack's yeah. gonna clip this and show it to you're gonna show this to abby yeah yeah <laughs> she'll disagree with it your girlfriend's gonna disagree yeah she'll be like he's a fucking child he's oh no child. yeah i'm not gonna lie like the one pisces that did that he was like a big child but you mm. know it was good i felt like i never connected with anyone on a deeper level i just feel like pisces and pisces understand each other in a way that's very yeah like on a different level any kind of water signs i think because we all feel things very deeply I'm really happy with that. I'll take that. Yeah. That's nice. That's really nice. So you were watching Almost Famous and you were thinking this is how it's going to be. Oh, I'm, I'm going to be. Yeah. 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 It's going to be me, Cameron Crowe, you know, because yeah. he actually, that was about his life. Yeah. yeah. You know, and he ended up marrying one of the girls from Heart. So like he literally ended up marrying a freaking rock star, you know. Yeah. Was it about yeah. him or Jan, the other guy? No, it was about him. Oh, no, okay. it was, it's it's was one of him. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. actually about his life. Yeah. Um, an amazing director. I mean, he did like Jerry Maguire and like so mm. many other amazing films. Like he yeah. was like, imagine just being that talented. What a life to live. Like marrying right? a rock star, writing yeah. like and touring with all those people. He toured around a lot with the Orman brothers, I think. Mm. Um, but, and actually fun facts, bring it back to Paul Rogers. Um, the main actor in Almost Famous, like modeled what he was doing off Paul Rogers, but it's cause they looked so similar. I swear, yeah. like they could have been like brothers. Mm. Looked, he looked a lot like him in the seventies attire. So yeah. Um, but anyway, I thought like, that's what it's going to be like. Obviously the reality of things in 2015 versus in the seventies, yeah. very different, <laughs> yeah. but I feel like I'm glad that I was able to experience all of what I did, like more in the like 2015 to like. Did you, 19. did you try and be honest or were you, because like, so we used this to get a lot of point. reviews mm. and we used to get like, Puff pieces kind of thing of like, it's, yeah you know, like, fellatio piece, if you like. It's like, you yeah. know what I mean? You feel great about it. It's just it. syrupy. And you yeah. know why? Because it's such a PC world. And this is the reality of it. Even in the 70s, um, Lester Banks, who was, when he was ruthless, he got fired from magazines because he was being honest. And like, the reality is, um, especially in this day and age, it's, it would be even worse now. So like, mm. I'm glad I did it in 2015 when people were still reading some online content. I feel mm. like these days people have no attention span. It's even worse now. But um, yeah, my friend asked me this yesterday because he's like, oh, I want to start a vlog where I'm just ruthless. And I'm like, 
you actually can't be now. Like if you're, you can be, you know, give a subpar review, but if you're, mm. you still have to soften the blow. Like they don't want, they won't publish it if you're brutal. Yeah. It's just the reality of the world we're living in. Like they don't want that. I don't know. It's just, so it's not really a review. I don't like doing reviews because it's like, you can't be, unless yeah. it's like an amazing gig where you truly mm. feel you're being honest. It is just puff pieces. And I feel like for me, interviews have always been where it's at. Yeah. Because you can just really authentic, like as you guys would know, like you can just authentically sit there and get to know yeah. musicians. Because like, we, we get asked, don't we, to do reviews. Reviews. Yeah. And I, I, I couldn't. I can't no, lie. I, I, who we have in here is very much like dependent on what we like. Yeah. So if you haven't been on or we haven't been in contact <laughs> with it, you know. But yeah, that, it, it, it's it's true. It's like we, we get on people who we want to get on. Yeah. When we're getting like submissions for reviews, I just don't think I could be... Um, I, I couldn't be honest about it. And then at the same time, like I've had a bad review before and it fucking breaks your heart. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't do that to someone. And it's also like too, like I couldn't review, like if you're in some kind of like emo band, I couldn't really review your music because I don't like your music. To yeah, it's with. hard so. to, if you're not an expert on that style of music, it's hard to be, to critique it. And also I feel like for bigger bands, critique all you want those people are established artists yeah, you know yeah. but when it comes to local musicians i don't feel unless like i don't want to yeah again i don't want to fucking break their heart like i don't want to yeah. be and also who am i i was literally being paid at one point to review movies and it's like who am i like don't complain i did I, that was actually so good i used to get free tickets to go to like gold class cinema all that my job friends, oh huge jealous used to, i used to get paid to review movies like, i would love yeah. that job it was yeah. amazing my favorite thing to do is go to the cinema i love going to the cinema it's my it's favorite so thing to do i love yeah. it and all my friends i used to be like he's some tickets we'd all go like recliner seats and i'd just be like okay i'm just gonna like review some movies yeah then i ended up getting really sick and like in and out of hospital with like some ovary stuff so then i lost the job because oh. i didn't couldn't go into the office even though i was literally in the hospital bed getting my reviews in but wasn't good enough but oh. listen it was fun it was it was like it was really fun but you know it was what it was it was just meant to be for a little period of time yeah i love fun stuff like that i don't like hard news mm -mm. yeah yeah i don't want to even be involved in that world i actually think it's disgusting it's propaganda if I do say so myself. Right, because every... <laughs> I, I, I've been... Tonight on the news. <laughs> oh, man, I can't. And you know what? What I realised when I studied yeah. journalism, when I did my degree, because mm. it was during the Trump election too, it was such oh, an nice. intrigue. It was such yeah. a good time to be a journalism yeah. student because um, I just learned so... And obviously there was such bias reporting in that time too, yeah. like either side. So it was like super intriguing just like to be taught about all of that and like to see it firsthand. But like for me... Um, you know, what we were taught is like the, the whole point of the news is to just basically fear monger people. And that's why at the end of, if you watch yeah. the news, right, it's like we're hearing about these random accidents that actually don't, that don't affect anyone else. Like obviously mm. if it's something that's going to affect a wide range of people, it's relevant. But like you would be hearing about all this depressing stuff that instills fear in people and fearful people are easy to control. Then at the end, they'll be like, and also this new elephant that's been born at the zoo, like <laughs> yeah, just stick around. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, yeah, I, I never liked the news. So it was yeah. really odd for me to go and do a journalism degree and to like, well, I did work in hard news for like four weeks and they got me to write this for huge, the biggest publication in uh, the Western world. And then they got me to write an article that was like fully um, false. And then they said, you have to like make it this exclusive. And I said, it's not factual. Yeah. And then I realized like so many, it's just like journalism now just doesn't have ethics. It's yeah. funny you mention this because this week I listened to um, an interview like Jordan Peterson did with um, Piers Morgan, mm. Mm. and um, and it's on it's on Jordan's podcast. So it wasn't the one that they did on the Piers's one, but it's funny because he's a because you know Jordan Peterson's a famous psychologist, and and Piers Morgan is a famous you know worked for the Murdoch 
media and he was saying to, saying to he was saying to Jordan Peterson like my son's told me you can't go in with this to talk to Jordan Peterson and do your usual you know like um what you do to politicians like your where you just where you just talk over the top of them and mm. try, you try to get them to say shit st- say stuff and he kind of went in and explained like you know what he had to do to be on those BBC and yeah. those publications and you're just like that is such a horrible way of well, having it's, to think it's, every day it's crushed yeah, it it's is. Cr- like on TV in TV though it's crushed TV isn't it you know what I mean yeah. it's like but I like the idea that Jordan Peterson was like mm, that is quite interesting that you'd say that to me Pierce yeah that's what he talks like he's like, it's like yeah, with the frog. Right? I don't know you, you seem like you don't like Jordan I like his voice what was that a good impression Hugh Thank you. It was, it I was really like. I, I like Jordan because I, I like his ones with Russell Brand. Have you seen them? Because they've got very different political opinions, but they yeah. get on because they respect that both yeah. of them are intelligent. Yeah. I just you know love when I mean? two people like who have different opinions can talk come together right? and yeah. talk without going. Because I think if you were, pro- I was literally having this conversation last night. Like I love to go into a conversation with someone with a different opinion, but be open to having my mind changed about it. Yeah. And I feel like so many people now in this generation. Sorry. Sorry. Apparently, I haven't been you, in the camera. You were in a you were in a really good point there, and it just ruined it because Hamish just sat out of the camera. Oh, okay. No bad, no bad. I don't know what's going on, but are we good now? <laughs> Tom just Sorry. Am I supposed to look at the camera? By the way, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm if like, you want, it's so awkward. <laughs> you don't have to. I'm just, and this is my bad angle too. So it's just gonna be like a fucking rat. Like <laughs> don't say that. Brush, like, in the fucking camera. Oh. Does this look like basil brush? Basil brush. Basil brush. Basil brush. Boom, boom. <laughs> boom, boom. It's better than looking like Basil Faulty anyway. I don't even know who that is. But Basil Did you ever Ross watch uh, Faulty Towers? Towers yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fa- is that his name, Basil? Basil Faulty, yeah. Just come in a little bit closer oh, yeah, into sorry. that. Yeah, I was like, we're all having production issues so, here. So we, before we were rudely interrupted, um, we were talking <laughs> we were talking about, um, you were saying you were on the terms about people having different opinions. and. Oh, yeah, no. So I love going into a conversation yeah. with someone who has a different opinion to me open to having my mind changed because I just I'm mm. very much like I just feel like that comes with age as well like maybe because yeah, I'm 25 yeah. now like my brain's fully developed I'm just very I like having interesting conversation and seeing th- I'm very an understanding person I like to see why people have the mm. views they do and like where they come from mm. um, and a lot of people just especially in this generation like they'll have an opinion and they go into a conversation like here's my opinion this is why you're wrong yeah. yeah and i don't yeah. like that no like, i don't I like it either people like especially really intelligent yeah. people with very strong opinions on either side of the spectrum like coming together just to have a conversation mm. yeah that I, is always intriguing i like changing my mind like i yeah, i think same. and I, I really like changing my <laughs> mind and opinions on things. Us, yeah right <laughs> that's like a like a 1960s song like really happy buddy holly i like changing my mind i do I do. I should have wrote that. Mm. You well, can it's it. never too late. You can write. Yeah, you can have it right now. Thanks. Yeah, it, it is good to have differences of opinion. Mm. Me and him have, or him and I, have so many different opinions on things. Yeah. But we still get on really, really well. And I love that. You shouldn't you know? have to. I mean, some people, I understand if there's like very strong opinions that someone has that are very, you know, hateful or whatever, then mm. maybe then there's. Oh, no yeah. Chance. Nip that in the butt. Yeah, <laughs> of course. But I think, yeah. you know, it's actually healthy to have people. And this is actually something that was really valuable. I was saying this to my brother last night. Like, something really valuable that I learned at uni, if anything, it was, wasn't worth the $90,000 to learn this one thing. Wow. But listen, it was a really good lesson, which was. You should never just have around you people who have the same opinion as 100%. you. You should follow things that yeah. you don't agree with on mm. socials. You should uh, like open your world up to things that aren't like it's just a way that you expand your own 
mm. you know, view of the world, world your own yeah. opinions, and you need to have that. It's healthy to have friends who have different opinions to you and things like that. I'm bandmates. Like and bandmates. Yeah. Oh, yeah, please. I've had some bandmates that have very different opinions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> especially during the pandemic, yeah. actually. Like, it was quite... Um, it was quite interesting because everyone was so it was such a such a weird time, time and yeah. like everyone had such strong opinions on whatever they believed and like so it was very um interesting to see how mm. people in different bands and even just relationships like dealt with that i have um friends who one of them's like an anti-vaxxer and she just had a baby with a man that she'd only just didn't know for very long and then he was like pro-vax and like they realized their values didn't align but they just had a baby together and it was like a very harsh reality check for them yeah. like um, the pandemic was real like that, hey. But, you know, they're mm. still together, so I think they've oh, just good. made it work. But, yeah. yeah, like differences of opinions like that. <laughs> yeah. The baby's yeah. only got half of its vaccines. Yeah. Just, I, don't even, I, don't, yeah. I actually don't know if it's vaxxed. I wonder. But no. Who knows? Their life to live their choice. <laughs> so, so when you were when you were reviewing, um, like when when you were a music journalist, were you doing uh, like all the genres, or were you blues focused because that was your passion? It was like a lot of like roots music, mm. um, but at the beginning, it was no like a lot of different stuff. But it was I was always the blues girl, like the blues mm. roots. Um, so kind of like you know anything under that umbrella. Yeah. But um, yeah, because like I wrote for Happy Mag, that was the first thing I wrote for, and I wrote for them for quite a while. But I kind of secured my niche as like the blues girl there. I got their first like um, sponsor or whatever it was, like their ads with Blues Fest and stuff. Oh, I think really? it was the yeah. article. That's how I got in with Blues Fest because I did. I worked for Happy Mag. I was I think I was just eighteen at the time when I wrote this article and I did like an article about all these musos that were playing Blues Fest, and then it mm. got a lot of shares. Like it got like all the artists were sharing it and stuff. And then Blues Fest shared it, and then I was like, "Oh, I want to get a media pass." And then they like started like a relationship with Happy Mag from that, and then I ended up going every year um, as media to Blues Fest, often for Happy, but then I started going for American Blues scene. And then mm. yeah, I, so it kind of always was under that umbrella. But I have done a lot of other mm. like different genres, yeah. you know. Um, but for me, like what I know is what I'm best at, you know. Yeah. The reason I ask that is because we were given context. A nice fifteen-minute con- context. Well, bloody guy. Oh my god! So I then you rant. meet bloody so guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I liked rant. it. I liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah, I no, it was good. Yeah. I feel like everybody's up to date now yeah. with the story. It's not like you you've just suddenly met buddy. You know, like yeah. bloody guy was in Coles. Yeah. But yeah. my coolest stories weren't even necessarily mm. from like when I met Bruce Springsteen and danced with him. Like that wasn't even from the journalism. Oh, that was right. just me. I, I think like you manifest. You met shit. Bruce Springsteen. Dance Wait. with him, honey. Got VIP ticket. When was this? Uh, that was 2017. Had to actually defer from uni because I. Took too many days off hanging out with our old mate Springer. It's not with the boss. <laughs> was you dancing in the dark? No, it actually no. wasn't. It was du- during Tenth Avenue freeze out. And oh, I had a you? sign. I like got all dressed up and my flat. No one wanted to pay the three hundred to go, so I'm like, I'm gonna go to Bruce Springsteen Were by you myself, and I danced with him in Sydney. Yep. So I went to the, the first the show at the yeah. arena. Yeah. Right. And then I was like on the side. I was in the seat yeah. like and then i had this sign my sister's yeah. boyfriend at the time was an artist so i wrote this tiny sign it wasn't even straight he's like let me do it and it was like bruce can we dance and i was dressed like with the beret like little stevie and my whole like we were there. i just looked very were you there yeah we were That's there sick. and yeah. then yeah and then yeah. i did during 10th avenue freezer i ran down the stairs in my life and i'm like holding up my sign and, he, and there's footage of it but really dodgy footage because yeah. like i didn't have anyone there with me and i'm not the type to have my phone like out like mm. i wanted to just enjoy it but you could see from behind so you can't see my face but um and he like full dancing me and gave me the microphone like during 10th avenue freeze out and then he was like holding my hand and then he went like that at the end i'm like oh my 
I remember this because I was there. Put that, that in this. Night. Put that in this. And, shoe when you edit that. Put we, that video. We on. thought we were the youngest people in the in the in <laughs> in Kudos Bank Arena that night, and then I remember that like this like young girl because we were right up in the stand, so where we could see, we could just see like a, like a, like this young girl get up on stage and start dancing with Springsteen, mm-hmm. and we're like. Chloe K. Few, we're not like the. the, yeah. the, the Chloe K. Yeah. No, Chloe yeah. K. Yeah. There's, no, I wasn't on stage. Oh, you weren't. No, during Dancing in the Dark, they get people on stage because I wasn't in the GA. He just came over when he did oh. the walk around during 10th Avenue ah. Freezer and then he grabbed me and danced with me on the side. Oh, okay. It wasn't like on the actual stage. Yeah. That's what I wanted. But then I realized how, like, oh no, he's only going to go for the GA. If, was, if like, I'm, if I'm you, I'm telling that story a lot different. <laughs> no, but like it was no, amazing. I never let the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> I'd be like, stage, Bruce said to me, okay. Bruce said to me, give me a dance. And you said, all right, brought me on stage. <laughs> so Jack what told a story on Monday Night Fever about about how he, he auditioned for, he was going to audition for X Factor the same year as One Direction. I brought it up another time. The year after. <laughs> the year after. The <laughs> year after, but the story sounded good. Yeah, you'd time. never let the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> It's no. like 70% factual. Yeah. I'm just too honest. I'm like, there's yeah, no me mystery too. with me. I'm like brutally honest. Like, oh no, I wasn't on stage. Are you just like, but you know what? Like, dancing with Springsteen and having this man hold your hand, look you in That's the eye. Give you the, but it was cool because like. it wasn't dancing in the dark. It was like something different, you know? And then, the, and like my friend Brad, he meets all the celebs. Shout out to Brad. Um, and he was, he didn't actually go to the show. He was just trying to meet him afterwards. And we mm. met up and we didn't get to meet him, but he waved to us in the van. And then Brad's like, oh, you know, little Steven's doing this like 60s underground radio thing at Hard Rock tomorrow. Like it's not publicized, but I know about it. So we went and I was dressed head to toe in this like 60s outfit. Mm. I'm not joking. Everyone there was just staring at him like a zoo animal. Like no one was moving. No one was, it was really? so, just waiting for shit to get signed. And I was like, I felt so awkward. I was dancing, right? And then little Steven's like, I like your dress. And I'm like, oh, this is my in. This is my in. Mm. And I'm like, and then he's like, oh, you know, I like your dress. And I'm like, the boy's like, please ask him to, if we can get a photo. You're our only hope. And I'm like, can I get a photo? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll come down in a second. And he said no to the boys all night. Oh. And then he came down. <laughs> And he grabbed me by the hip, you know, as mm, they do. Yeah. And he goes, oh, thanks, you know, uh, thanks for dancing. And I'm like, oh, you know, well, since I'm the only one bringing in a vibe here, how about two free tickets to tomorrow night's show? Because I was playing two shows. Mm. And then he's like, yeah, okay. He's like, yeah, darling, talk to my um, my assistant afterwards. And then like he he did, he got photos with everyone, even like the Hard Rock employees came out. There was like lines. And then at the end of it, um, yeah, they're like, okay, well, your name's going to be on the door. So then me, I took Brad because obviously it was because of Brad that I even yeah. got the opportunity. And then the next day, um, so I'd had to take all these days of uni and because I went to a private college and that's why I'm in so much debt, I had to defer because I took, I missed too many classes. Um, I, think, I think it was worth it. It was worth it. Mm-hmm. And then the next day it. we turned up and they're like, yeah, you're VIP. And we got these stickers. Like we got to go mm, backstage. Yeah. It was so amazing. Like, and then we were G. And then my friend Brad got so lucky and he got to dance his spring scene too. Like, so what both, was that love of all the with, people? And that day, I didn't get to dance, but I, like, grabbed his arm and I was like, oh, like the muscles anyway. <laughs> Springsteen, he might be in his, in his 60s. Oh, he's still, he's I think he's older than that, isn't he? Oh, he's he 72 might be now. or he something. I was, yeah, he's probably in his 70s now. But then, mm, he was then. still a fine Oh, yeah, he's specimen. gotten a little skinny now. He actually looks a little sick. I yeah. hope he's all right. But he was, like, very built, and, mm. which isn't usually my type, but it's Springsteen, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he's built, what like, did his hands feel like? Huh? Were his hands rough or were they soft? No, they were, they were like the big hands. They're like <sighs> so, like that masculine, like that soft masculine yeah, yeah. energy. Let's have a look at your hands. Why are we looking let's, at my let's hands? Let's see your hands. Let's yeah, switch them over. Oh, you have very long fingers. Yeah, I should have been a piano player. Do that. Wait, squeeze that in like that. 
You know, I have little hands. You know, blue collar worker, my friend. I you have guitar, piano fingers. I'm always told I have good massive piano hands. Them. Mm. Massive hands, them. Massive hands, them. It's scared, actually. Look at Big gloves. <laughs> oh, it's a bloody guy. Yes. I rant. Sorry, boys. It's, it's all right. It's no, all that's all right. I mean, that's Tim, fascinating. I'm just sitting here very jealous. Sometimes like, we get people in here, yeah, and you're like, and then yeah. nothing comes out. Yeah, you're like, so okay, no, it's yeah. good. You, you, keep, <laughs> you keep gabbing. Um, so, buddy guy. Yes. What so, was that like? Because um, I, if I could, top five people I could meet, it'd be in that. Really? Yeah. You like the blues? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. buddy guy. Meeting buddy guy was one of the best nights of my life, like truly. Um, and that was because I was already backstage at Blues Fest with my doing media stuff, mm. and I was interviewing for Blues Fest TV as well. Um, but he wasn't doing interviews. It's buddy guy. He doesn't need yeah. to do interviews. I mean, he still does sometimes, but not for yeah. at the festival. You know? mm. Um, and he. I had met his band because I was there with my friend Chris King Robinson who had played at Royal yeah. Albert Hall with, I think it was Royal Albert Hall with, or it might've been Carnegie Hall actually, but um, he played with Buddy Guy and so he met him and like knew his band and he seen his band and I was yeah. with Chris. And so like we got, you're not supposed to as media go and like into yeah. the food place and into backstage, like you're not allowed mm. unless the artist specifically invites you. You're like vampires. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. like, Forced into our little corner, you know, but you're always like on the lookout, like lingering around and you're good out <laughs> hoping someone says hi, which happened a lot actually, because they just assume you're a muso if you if you like dress the part, you mm. know. Um, anyway, and so they started talking. They're like, come have dinner. And then they thought Chris was playing there and we just let them believe it. Again, with the lies, sometimes you got to embellish. 100%. He was just like, oh yeah, I'm playing. And then so they're like, come have dinner. And we went into the, the tent with like Rick Jazz and like the band, Buddy wasn't there yet though. He arrived like very yeah. soon before he played. And so we got there and I'm like thinking, oh my God, this is such a dream, like kill me now. And then we went to go get food and they're like, where's your artist pass? And then Chrissy's like, can I just pay please? Let me just pay you like, <laughs> no, no. And then I'm like, out. And so anyway, we're like, oh, we're not really hungry. Hey, but we are like lingering and we we're like talking to the guys. Yeah. And then we left. Oh, and before that, Chris, like, had my tote bag and, like, got stuck over a fence and Buddy Guy's band had to, like, help him over and it was really emasculating and embarrassing. But mm. So it was already off to, like, an awkward start because me and Chris are, like, the most white, awkward people ever. Um, and so then, anyway, like, the band were like, oh, you're going to come back, watch Side of Stage? And we were, like, thinking, oh, fuck, like, they still don't know that, like, he's not playing here. Like, we're mm. not really supposed to go, but you know what? We did it anyway. We, like, went as Buddy, like, was on stage. We went to walk side of stage. And then the head of media was like, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. And then it was like something in a movie. Um, one of his guitar techs turned around the corner and he's like, no, 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 they're with us. They're with us. Oh, that's and cool. And then we walked ah, downstairs. Cool. I was side of stage. I was dressed head to toe like Buddy Guy, polka dot shirt, the overalls. Like, I was wow. manifesting. I'm not joking. Even with Bruce Springsteen, for some reason, like, the whole year, I was like, I'm going to dance with Springsteen. Manifestation and then I did it. is real. And then with, it is, I believe in manifestation yeah. because with Buddy, I'm like, I'm going to dress like Buddy. I'm going to meet Buddy. I'm going to hang out with Buddy. And I did it. And like, I'm side of stage dressed in polka dots. Any of the videos from front row, you could just see me. I was basically on the stage. Mm. And Eric Gales was behind me the whole night. And I'm just like, oh my God, like, this is just so crazy. And um, when he got off stage, I was, his guitar tech, his other one, Chris Bynum, who I love, like he actually just left the role, but he was his guitar tech for years. He um gave me like a pic. He's like, did you wear that outfit for Buddy? I'm like, yeah, of course. And then as soon as Buddy got off stage, he came over to me. He's like, did you wear that shirt for me? And oh. he like grabbed my arms and he was talking to me. He's like, oh, I got my polka dot one just like that. I'm going to wear it for you tomorrow. And he did. Wow. Yeah. And then I got a photo with him and it's like the most 
awkward photo. I'm like, it's all the flashes on me. It's so disappointing that he wasn't wearing the shirt because that would have been. He was. I had like white and black polka dots, and his one that he wore the next day was black with white polka dots. Oh, Can you wow. send us that and we'll put it in the episode? Yeah, yeah, we'll put that in. Yeah. That's so cool. No, it was like literally a dream, and so we didn't spend. But like, he actually spent the time to talk to me, even though he's yeah. just off stage. And what was yeah. cute was he was like, he was so. Oh, he's very old. Like yeah. we were talking when we was like some volunteer like. Canadian guy who was volunteering at Blues Fest. He was a head volunteer, so he was allowed backstage at certain shows, and that mm. was the one he was keen for because he was a guitarist. And me and him were just fangirling so bad. And then him and Chris were like, oh, I wonder where Buddy's going to come through. And then I'm like, oh my God, guys, he's sitting right behind us. Like he was so just sitting there, like a little old man in this like plastic seat. You couldn't even see him. And then when he was on stage, he just like came, came alive. alive. Yeah. And then he'd like, like hop off the side of the stage at times, like blow his nose and have a tea. It <laughs> <laughs> was really cool to see. And then he'd be like humping the guitar on stage. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you know what's funny? Like when you were talking to Buddy Guy, we did did you did like the thought pop through your head like this is somebody who's lived a life and you know not only been Buddy Guy but like literally met everyone like yes Jimi Hendrix like everyone Eric Clapton well. Elvis everyone he tells amazing what I love about Buddy Guy is he loves 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 to support upcoming blues musicians always has rallied behind them always has got guitarists up on stage with him he spends time to talk to like even when chris played with him do you know how many times he would tell these stories like he would tell the same old stories the same guitarists who were like oh my god you played with hendrix you played with bb king and like mm. he told he sat with chris in the dressing room when they first played together at you know the big whatever where, whichever venue it was it was either carnegie or albert hall they sat backstage and he talked to chris about Jimi hendrix and told him all these amazing stories and it's like he doesn't have to do that you no, know yeah, he would, I mean, like he's in his 80s he would have told the same stories a billion times but like he wants to inspire people he's really about keeping the blues alive and like That's that is so what good. makes me love buddy guy so much like yeah. a few of my friends have got up and played with him on stage um my friend dylan Salfar in america shout out to dylan love you dill he um yeah, he got up and played with Buddy and like it's just amazing. Like he just supports young guitarists. I think I think that's the that's the key, isn't it, with music? Is like you wanna be able to pass it down and all those stories and like moments you wanna pass them down. So like you you meet Buddy Guy and you know, your friends and it, it, it's so that when you're having your career, all those stories and that are still in the ethos, you know, you can pass that information on. And then you'll do the same, you know what I mean? Yeah. And exactly. it's it's beautiful, and I think it's more so in blues than anything else. That yeah. That's really there. It's a family community yeah. kind of feeling, and I think because especially now the blues is dying off a little bit, there's still such a strong group of people that love it. But like, it is really important to inspire like younger generations to get into the blues and to love the blues. And like, I think yeah, like all of those stories like inspire. And like, it's so funny next to my bed. Like most people have a picture of them and like a man. It's me and Buddy Guy. Like I wake up next to a picture of me and Buddy and like mm -hmm, that's inspirational. Like, um, but yeah, like I really I hope to inspire like other young girls to get into the blues as well. And like, I love it. Like it's just yeah, I think it's just something about the blues community that feels like a big family, which mm. you don't get with a lot of other genres. It just feels like we're all here for the same goal, which is to like keep the blues alive and like. Yeah, and it's same with the soul kind of scene as well. The soul yeah. scene's like that gives me hope because it's had such a resurgence. Like ever since Leon Bridges got big, like everything. Yeah. Love Leon Bridges. Mm. Love him. I and didn't like, know he was yeah. playing last week. Yeah, I know. I but didn't I've know, seen and then and, and then I like I seen a picture of him at Frankie's as well the night before the show. Oh, we went don't. to Frankie's. Yeah. He's with Nick Nick Rodriguez, shout out Nick, photographer, and he was. Yeah, he's so cool. So amazing. I love just his whole aesthetic, everything. What I love about Leon is that he really did 
come in with a even the Teskey brothers. They both they did what they loved, and mm. they, it was old school music, yeah. soulful, bluesy. Yeah. Well, not he wasn't. Ooh, he wasn't bluesy, but the Teskey brothers are, and like, but it's very like. Especially their first records with mm. straight up old school music. But Let they're like Mississippi the kisses down in New Orleans. Yeah, some great records. Stuff. Right. So as we start to wrap up, Chloe, what's next? What are you yeah. doing? Um, Where are you going? When are you so we just released um our new single Broken Woman. Banger. Yeah. Listen and actually it. I just realized today Joe Bonamassa added it to one of his Spotify playlists, yeah. Cutting Edge Blues. <laughs> And wow, like, congratulations. It's a good day. I woke up and I'm like, oh, yeah, like that's exciting. He's Isn't really been a support, actually. He added our very first single to a few of his big playlists on Spotify, mm. and that was like opened up our, like, you know, our audience so yeah. much. Um, yeah. To have that support. Again, it's like a big family. Like, they just, and especially if you're a woman doing it, there's not as many. So it's like definitely you get support from mm. people, and it's great. Um, but yeah, so we just released Broken Woman. A music video out now and the song on all streaming platforms and um we're playing golden uh australian blues festival in november that's our next gig so we've been i've got like a whole new band behind me it's like a new era like finally have figured out the way that i it's such a new thing for me to lead a band to like know it was a journey especially mm. through the pandemic um the guy i started the band with he had to go home to brazil so um and he's who i wrote just got burned and broke down and broke with and so it was like a, definitely a, a learning curve to get to where I am now, but like I feel like I'm finally in a great place to, mm. yeah, to do to I know what I'm doing and like I yeah. So we're playing um we played some great festivals this year. We've got Australian Blues Festival. Then we're doing Woodford Folk Festival over New Year's, which I'm really really excited about. I've heard amazing things about that festival, and um yeah, we're playing in Kayama in December. We've got a lot of a lot of things on the horizon. Yeah. Nice. Congratulations. Congratulations. Are you playing Kayama Blues Festival? Well, we did play, we played like an offshoot of that this year, but that's usually in like, I think March. So yeah, that, yeah. We'll probably play that next year. I lived sure. in Kayama for a little bit. I, w I was working in Kayama. Oh, I, really? I was there yeah. for a bit. I just missed it. But they, that's all they talk about in Karma. Really? I yeah. love that. That's like, like when Jack, you're, you're a musician, eh? You have to stick around for the Blues Fest next I year. Yeah. <laughs> that was like in Windsor when they had the Blues Festival. Yeah. It was like the highlight of the year. But I loved, I love Kayama. It's such a cute yeah, little town. I love it. Ten yeah, and I love that they support thing. the Blues. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, thank you very much for coming in, Chloe. Thank you like, so much. Honestly, <laughs> we've, we've been keeping an eye on your, your progress and everything you've been doing. You, you're absolutely killing it. Thank you for coming in here. Thank you for end of next year, like, Chloe Kane, you'll be done. If you go to America, I don't feel like you won't we'll come back. We'll come I back. know. I just, yeah, I've I've got big plans. That sounds like a threat. No, no, no. <laughs> if you go to America, you ain't coming back. Well, listen, they probably don't want me over there because I don't. Let's not go down that path. I got denied a visa once because I was dating an American. So it's not easy for me to get to America. Oh, really? Because I think they thought I wasn't going to come back if I went there with the man I was dating. Yeah. Like, she's going to pop out some kids and move to America. And <laughs> yeah, so, but I think, you know, yes, I agree. If I go mm. to America. It'll be amazing, and it's definitely like there's a scene for the blues there that you just cannot even touch here. Hundred percent. But you know what? I really want to, my goal. I'm manifesting playing a main stage at Blues Fest mm. and um one day the Amore Theatre. But I really just want to. I want to like. I think there's so much to pursue in, within this country anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah. You, you never know. You might yeah. be at that festival and a band might drop out, and they say you've just finished. Are you ready? Go on right yeah. now. Mm. That happened to my know. friend's band at home. Really? They played an introducing stage, uh, Why Not Festival, and then a band pulled out and they played to like 7,000 people. Wow. Yeah, they literally carted them from that stage to that stage. That's incredible. So always be ready and have your gear with you. Yes, always be ready. That's something uh, I've, yeah. yeah. 
I say that now as I have to sing and I'm like, I ain't ready. <laughs> well, we're, we're ready for it anyway. So this is Chloe K in the cr- Crusade. Oh, let me say that again. This is Chloe K in the Crusade. Thank you everyone for listening. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Uh, visit our Patreon, which will be right here. Give us some money and we'll give you more stuff. Give them money. Give them the money. Give us the money. And uh, thank you everyone. Thank, thank you very you much. Thank so you much, Colin. Thanks for having me. Cheers.